visitor, come to the Cosmic Salon with me. This is Randy of the 100th Monkey Project, and I am very excited to introduce Randy to people that listen to me out there that may not be familiar with 100th Monkey Project. I enjoy his presence where I encounter him, and he just did a wonderful job bringing forth information regarding the Travis Scott stuff. Everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon of this crowd surfer as a demon. And I, my psychic guy said it wasn't, I didn't jump on that bandwagon and a lot of people did. I, I had a feeling it was something other. And sure enough, this, uh, this got really proven clearly for me through your, little takedown of it, Randy. So welcome to the Cosmic Salon. Thanks for having me, Nish. It's great to be here. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I appreciate what you're doing. And I love that you've named it the 100th Monkey Project, too. Can you tell us about how you came to get this going? What inspired you to come forward and start doing a podcast? Well, I started this about I guess it's been about five years ago now. Um, And I was just seeing a lot of things in the world that didn't seem right. I mean, things seemed to be very wrong. Um, And I started the podcast because I wanted to kind of express that, you know, and see if I could wake people up. I mean, it's kind of the name for the the reason for the name. Um, But as I was doing that, I'm, I'm learning that, uh, things are kind of going as planned. You know, they, they, there's a bigger plan going on here and um, things are going the way that the controllers really want them to go. Uh, I started the podcast originally to wake people up and it's actually been more of a, an awakening for myself. So that was kind of my reasoning behind it. I started it because of just so many things that, that didn't add up to me, but it was kind of the way I was seeing them. Uh, is why they didn't add up. So they add up kind of, they add up perfectly if you look at it from a, a little bit different perspective. Um, if things are, are not broken and we just need to get the right people in there to make things work better, you know, that's really why it seems broken. But if you look at it from the perspective of it's working exactly the way the, the handlers or the controllers want it to, then it starts to make a lot more sense. Yeah, I agree. It's all about shifting perspective to get a fuller view of what's going on, especially when things are not going in a way that we have been experiencing things in our lives. It's not smooth. It's not it, the the plan may be running smooth, but what we're seeing is the revealing of the fact that there is a plan and that mm-hmm. The plan involves all of us and not in a good way. And so I'd like to get right into that. When did you start seeing the world at a different slant, that there was something more going on than what you had been told? I think I've always seen something wrong with it. I'm 50. So when I was just out of high school, not far out of high school. I think it was 90. I don't remember when Waco was, but Waco was one of the first tumblers to fall for me. I thought it was a gross overreach. I thought it was gross what they did, what happened. I thought the the narrative was uh, dubious that this guy was, you know, some kind of a, a religious fanatic, which he may have been. I don't know, but he's free to be that in this country, I thought. So here come, you know, these heavy handed stormtrooper tactics on live TV. I mean, we watched this kickoff. We watched the siege. We watched the whole outcome. And it was it was the first experience I had, I think, that I can recall anyway, with with what's known as trauma based mind control and how they are able to traumatize us with things that we see, the images we see on television, the the narratives and the stories they give us. I didn't know the, the bigger picture back then. I didn't know a lot back then. I don't know a lot now, but I knew something was wrong. I knew that the narrative was janky. Um, I knew that 
it was, you know, it was just something that we got to get these people out of office. You know, that's kind of what my thinking was then. As time went on, I started learning about different things. Like, I guess the word for it is the straw man and that kind of thing and how we are. We are viewed by the handlers as property. We're viewed by them as human resources to be used and utilized and moved around. And that was just another tumbler to fall. So it's been a long process. I mean, it's been quite a long time. I think there were always clues for me. I always had an aversion to the nightly news. I always hated the way they talked like I was a three-year-old and something always did not sit well with me the way that was. And so Waco, I think, was the beginning. Then we see 9-11, and we see after that was probably when I finally started putting the pieces together that were run by psychopaths, and this is their intended outcome. And obviously the last couple of years have really solidified all that. It's It's plain to see for everyone now. It's not hidden anymore. It's you know, the revealing has happened, I think. I think the curtain has definitely been pulled back at this point. Yes, it is plain to see, and and people are really starting to see. I love that you're Gen X, like me, and this is a big deal because one of the things that we see and are witnessing is the taking out of whether we like to hear this or not in Gen X, the elders. <laughs> uh, I mean, still, I still cope with like, what is going on? How did I get here? We remember a different landscape. And I mean that literally. There was a different sun when we were little. There was a different, and because the sun had a different color cast to it, the coloring spectrum that we were perceiving was different they make filters for it now. There's like the 70s filter and you can see that there's a certain uh, quality of color change in that filter. But living, having lived it, I I can vouch for it. There was a different color going on. There was a spectrum of color that was more yellow-based and the heat from the sun was different. And I recognize that we were still chattel then. We, we've we been born into this, and it was not as an open rule as it's come into be. It was more subtle. We had a little more of an experience of free range, and that's one of the things that we can't lose. And by taking out the elders, us and older, but really I think starting with people in their mid-30s because I think this – really changed around 2000. They have a, a recall, maybe not as vivid as us and say our parents' generations and grandparents, but they still can recall the shift as far mm-hmm. as the change in light. Do you recall this yourself? What do you remember of how the world looked to you when you were young? I remember, I remember the sky being blue. Um, I remember it being a different color blue, even on clear days. Now where I live, it's not the same color. It's a, it's a lighter blue. It's not as deep blue as I recall. I don't remember being sprayed. I don't remember any of the trails when I was growing up. I don't recall them. I mean, I, I just don't remember seeing that the sun seems hotter now. I mean, it seems like a different kind of heat, more of a, it's more harsh. It doesn't seem as warm. It's hotter, but it doesn't seem, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it it seems a little bit more harsh to me. Yeah. It's more pinpoint hot. The sun I remember was the, the heat was more ambient heat. Like it was, it felt like it was spread out evenly or something. The sun now is, has like a, a really like a, almost like a laser quality to it where it's just white hot and if it gets on you directly, you can't stay in it as long as you used to. In my childhood, which was around the same time as your childhood, we're almost the same age, it was like you could be in the sun. And even completely pale people like myself, we could still be in the sun for long periods of time without burning up. And now it's not like that. You burn up fast now. It feels like it's almost to the bone. It almost feels like microwave heat to me. Yeah, I agree with the the burning 
aspect of it. I'm part Irish, so I have pretty fair skin, um, and I don't tan well. So I have to put on sunscreen every summer when I go out. Um, and I use, you know, thick sunscreen, like 30 SPF, and I can still get a burn through that in half an hour, 35, 40 minutes, and I'm back in. I'm like, I don't want to be out in the sun much at all. When we were as little, we could be out a lot longer with sunscreen on, like pretty much all day. And as long as we were taking breaks from, this is for us pale kids. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> as long as we were taking breaks, you know, we weren't like on water or something that was reflecting more of that at us. Uh, yeah. It's different. And this is the point I'm making here. That's the point is that there's a different quality and people coming in now and people that were too young to remember it have no context to this. And this is significant. This is what happens in the elders tribes where oral traditions come down in the past about changes and how important oral traditions were before we started having documentation through analog and now digital forms. Otherwise it was oral tradition and painting and uh, different ways of communicating. When we wipe that out, and the way things are being rewritten, I do believe that everything we were taught in our generation, at least for the last, I'd say, 80 years, really, is questionable, everything. And so I'm I'm not taking us out of the equation, but what's being taught now is totally being rewritten in a whole new way. So it's erasing some of this narrative that's important for people that are trying to piece back what's happened, when did it happen, and then we get to the juicy stuff of why and who. And that's kind of what leads us up to this the plan. And this is a, a place to be. I don't know if you've seen the SOS from the First Nations in Australia video yet. Have you seen that? I haven't. I I encountered it last night. Um, our friend Amira in Australia sent this to me, and I was so moved by it. It had several. It it it, it it's a. Uh, I'm stuttering because it, it upset me. It had several people from different nation from different tribes in Australia, the magic bloodlines, and they all talk about their people, their bloodlines, and um, and this includes bloodlines that extend into Scotch and Irish and uh, Portugal and other places. People don't realize this with the Aboriginal peoples of Australia, that their bloodlines are intertwined throughout the earth. And there's been long this story that the first bloodlines came out of Africa that we were taught, we were grown up on. And I, I don't believe that. I've never believed that. It makes no sense to me. But one thing I do have a little more conviction in is the First Nations people of Australia and looking at genetic ties and genetic uh, sequencing where I can see through that technology that these aboriginals have ties into all the bloodlines and I don't see that with a lot of the African genetic typing that I have seen and dug into. That's a whole rabbit hole. Well, we've been taught that the civilization is about six to 8,000 years old. <laughs> and, you know, you can see now they're uncovering evidence that it goes back tens of thousands of years, 40, 50,000 years. So the aboriginals and a lot of the indigenous peoples around could have experienced each other through travel and through other means long before we think or long before we were taught, you know, that they were, that they had any contact with one another is um, pretty obvious that they did. Yes, absolutely. And I think some of the genetic testing is really showing that and it's rewriting what narratives we were brought up on. Not everything came out of Africa. I'm uh, sorry for people that believe that. It's just not the truth. And there's 
uh, a lot of evidence, scientific, real scientific evidence to support that. There's also evidence to support that we are different, you know, the differences in our races. And I think we should celebrate that. So the First Nations people in Australia sent out an SOS and it's sobering. I know in Australia right now it is insane. I mean, I just saw a rant from some guy. I don't know if he's a he's not a prime minister, but he's like a, the mayor of one of the provinces and he's ranting about how if you're you know, concerned about the vax, you're anti-vax. If you're concerned about any of this, you're anti-vax. It was just this psychotic looking gaze in his eyes and this rant that he was going on. And I, I understand that they're actually going to Aboriginal people or indigenous peoples and trying to vaccinate them who have no contact with anybody uh, outside their tribes usually and have no risk of anything, but they're out there trying to make them get this injection. Is that kind of what's going on with this video? Yes, that's why the the tribes are coming together and they made an SOS declaration to the world. Thankfully, Candace Owen got on a platform and said, America has gone in and helped other people's in need. Why would we now not do this with them? They are forcibly being taken over and invaxed. They are. There are some stories from people, real people, and I have a chain of custody to some of these people, so I know this is real. They're running out of their houses, just like in some of the Northern Territory out here in Canada. They're running from their places of uh, shelter, trying to get away from them. This is a military operation moving through, and this is why the First Nations there of all these many tribes came together and are sending out an SOS to the world. It's real time. And wow. the prime minister that you're talking about and all the people in the hierarchy there, but it's not just there, it's everywhere. And that's something that people need to really start to understand at this stage of the game is absolutely taken over. And you know my narrative here that this is a takeover and this is a non-human takeover. What I'm saying here though is if you look at these people and you listen to their messaging and you look at the aggressiveness in which this is all going down all over the world, you can't put that into your old school paradigm of how reality works. It is outside of that and this is a clue as to something else is going on and that something else is bigger. And that's what I, I want to um, talk about because to me – Anything else right now that we're talking about isn't important. It's just not. Uh, this is what's important right now is this type of communication while we still have it and why we still can talk about it. So what do you see yeah. in the larger picture here? And you are very much keeping your eyes on everything. I see you doing that. Yeah, I think there is something. Well, obviously, there's something global going on. You can't use logic and reason uh, because none of their arguments or none of their reasoning has any logic in it. We're giving people an injection that we know is killing people. We know that people are having major side effects to it. Um, and I think those numbers are being completely hidden from us or, or the gravity, the massive amount of problems that are coming from it. We're seeing a little bit here and there, they're doing this in order to protect people from something that's 99.97% survivable. It doesn't add up. It never has. I mean, we've, on my channel, we've looked at this since the beginning, since the videos in China were coming out of people falling out on the corner. I don't know how else to put it that, yeah, there is definitely a global takeover coming. I I think that there was... A book, I mean, Body Snatchers, um, they made it into a movie called Invasion, and I think it had Nicole Kidman in it, but it, yes. that was one of the first things that I thought of when this was all happening. It's like, they're all lining up for their vaccine to this thing, um, but in this, this injection they were taking is, you know, the that was the payload to get these creatures here, so... I don't know if that's what they're doing with this vaccine, but I, I'm just saying there's something 
bigger, much bigger going on. I totally agree with you on that. I think that it is global in scope. It's heavy handed and it's going to get heavier. I mean, we see that happening in Australia. Obviously, they're rounding people up now and taking them to these quarantine camps. They just opened that up, I think, the other day. And that is diabolical in itself to protect people from their own decisions to not get this vaccine. And it's because of something that's 99.9% survivable. It's just, it's never made sense. It's never added up. The narrative that we're given is obviously to me, not the real story. Well, and we're seeing it in lots of places, Ireland, Austria, uh, mm-hmm. parts of England. I mean, it's it's literally happening everywhere. Canada, and it's it's trickled definitely over here to the states. Some states are worse than others, but it's going to be a a situation for all of the states. I mean, we could go on all day with where this is happening. France is looking bad. It's looking bad all over. It looked the real plague is happening. The real pandemic is happening, but it's not the one they've sold everyone. It's the injection of something into people that is happening and the ingredients that we've all studied are supporting this and one of the things that I think is hard for people that want to just go about their normal lives and not think about bigger things and not think about more esoteric things and either they're just surviving and you have to question that if you're a person out there that's just been surviving, why are you just surviving? Because you are born into a system that has you born into slavery. Taxation is not a human thing. We over here fought against that to have a life free of overlords and it's just incrementally, slowly move to the point now where you can't make a $600 transaction here in the States without Big Brother peering in and wanting, first of all, a cut, another cut, and right. uh, wanting to know why and where and how. This is not freedom. This is chattel. And mm. so this is what's creating people staying focused on trying to survive. That's just one angle. And that's been there our whole lives, but it wasn't as an open as it is now. But then when we start to look at the fact that there are things within the uh, injection that are living, there are entities in there that, you know, a lot of focus has been put on the Hydra, but there are uh, the Hydras, it's a whole cast system the way I see it, Randy. And the Hydra is just one. Those are the main players. Those are, those are the worker bees. Those are the disposable ones and disposable they are, but they serve a purpose until then they're programmable because of the graphene oxide. But then there's also They've got planned obsolescence with it because of the presence of prions. It's an army that's being created, but it's an army that has a timestamp. And then there is, and I'm taking us deep into the woo here, but there is this ability to keep muscles alive. There's this ability to keep basic functioning alive through electronics, through electronic pulsing, through waves and frequencies. And that's part of the graphene oxide that's setting up in people. But the main payload is these living things that they're putting in people. Now, like I said, Hydra is making the big picture here, but there are other things and the internet just keeps swiping them. I can't get to them. I wish I would have saved videos in the beginning. There are, there's the higher order of the caste system that's being placed in and they are way different than Hydra and they're in egg form and they look a little bit like uh, something Geiger would draw, and those are and those are rare because it's a higher order, and I believe there's probably up from that. And then we've got this idea of the change in our genetics to create a new race, and we've all t- been talking about the quote unquote pandemic babies, or you know, because they're expressing in different ways. Some look very strange, but all of them have a very 
different set of properties they're bringing forward, holding their necks up as a newborn, literally as a newborn and walking and all this stuff. And then we're starting to see now all of the mass stillbirths that are coming in. And I personally talk to a lot of medical workers in the field that are saying this is underreported and in hospitals that would have uh, maybe a thousand in a year stillbirths are having twenty nine forty nine in a month <sighs> in a month yeah, I read an article somewhere in london had had like four in a day and one one natal unit, which is or seven or something like that. It was just a an astronomical number for that that hospital man that is it's and they're it, all un- over. unfortunately yeah, it's not surprising that it's underreported at all. It's not surprising that it's happening. You mentioned the esoteric motivations behind this, and, and they're jamming the, four, the third and the fourth shot down everybody's throat now, too. They've already said now that you've had two, you're not vaccinated anymore. If it's been more than six months, you need to go get a third. It's hard for me to believe that I still talk to people that, that denied that was coming. I said, it's coming. You're going to have to get a third, a fourth, a fifth. They're going to keep injecting you with this stuff. Until they, I don't even know what the end goal is, really, you know, to turn you into something inhuman, that that you're modified in such a way that maybe you can be copyrighted, maybe you can be um, property, you know, even more so than we already are. Well, they're, it's you know, hundred percent patentable, so they are being copyrighted. You right. don't These if you've just... if you've had if you've been jabbed, you don't own your property anymore, which is your body. Now we know this from the straw man experience, anyway, from being tagged and and numbered at birth with social security numbers and IDs and all that. That was one form of it. This is the next level. Now you don't own your body at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Um when they start coming out with things like the metaverse and stuff like that, it's like, okay, so that's the next phase of debt enslavement. We, we've probably reached the the termination point of the debt system that we have now. You know, they can only print so much currency before they're going to have to change it to something else. So this probably all ties into that as well, how they're going to create new financial instruments or debt instruments based on, all this new stuff, which I haven't done nearly the amount of research into that. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but it just makes sense to me. You know, they've they did it for a hundred years with the Federal Reserve Bank here. Uh, it's just on to the next phase. You know, their hundred year plan has come to this. It's time for the next hundred years to start rolling it out. Yes. This is the, definitely something I'm pickled in, and uh, and that's why I say it start. It's really. Where we are going, getting cleaved away from the natural world started a long time ago. It's been a long time plan. This is the birth of a very, not the birth, but the coming to of a very old AI. And we started to see the entrainment in our generation when Atari came out. Atari can, and remember Atari, the name, oh, a, yeah. et cetera. We can't under learn that and put it in bold enough. And I loved my Atari. I was in, and, and, and all of that stuff. I was very, very into all that, of course. Uh, but it, it led us to where we are now. And we would have never seen that. Who would have seen that? We, and this is the point, Randy, is a lot of people, we don't wake up and think, I, I don't think we, most people wake up and go, we're chattel, we're just free range on this planet and something else is just using us as a resource. Most people don't think like that. You come to that when you re- you hit barriers and you realize that if you don't do something and there's some sort of law set up against it, and I'm talking about normal people, so I'm not talking about someone murdering someone or stealing. I'm just talking about natural things. If you don't pay your taxes... In this thug system, you're more of an enemy to the state than someone that went on a mass murdering spree. If you don't feed them the currency, 
you are a big enemy. And this is a way a lot of people actually passively resist. People don't understand that. It's a way of passive resistance. And let me tell you, millions of people are riding that passive resistance wave. And it's a big deal. And it's part of what started to fold out into the metaverse. And when we talk about things like Second Life, Second Life was that beta test where it mm-hmm. came in and there's a it's a whole world. It's addicting. I was in there. It's a currency and... Uh, it's a cryptocurrency, and it set us up for what you're talking about now, the metaverse, which is also the omniverse. There's earth.20.io. It's taking us further away. And what is it taking us from? Well, it's taking us from saying the natural world is in danger, and we need to cleave people, natural people, from it. So you can't be running gas in your house anymore, which means what? Fire. You can't have, I mean, here in Washington, where I am, they've been really getting strict about having fireplaces and, and, and ovens of those sorts, like pellet ovens and all this. This is the bare element. What you can do, though, and what's being pushed at us is LED lights. And you can have a screen with the fire on it, right? There's your connection to the fire, but it's not the real fire. And what this is doing is pulling people in like quicksand into the omniverse, into the metaverse. And eventually, if it continues this way, the next generations won't have a relationship with the natural world at all. They won't know what fire actually is. They won't know what natural bodies of water are. Are because you're not allowed to go to those places. They're telling us now that you can't walk on the ground because there are parasites getting into your feet, etc. And this is the name of the game ultimately. And when you think about these things they're putting in people, this parasitical takeover that is being facilitated by this whole AI system, what does this start to paint? What kind of pictures does it start to paint? It paints us in cubicles in these new smart grid cities the schwab thing where you own nothing be happy you're in a cubicle and what do you do your world is all online your world is in the omniverse it's all crypto in there it's all you can have nfts so you can have art anything you want any kind of landscape you want it's fabulous and fun they make it all exciting and if anyone's played second life they know the entrainment is addicting And eventually your body is just in this cubicle. What does this start to sound like? It starts to look like the matrix. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you said something that kind of caught my attention and that was, you know, what do you think is behind this? And I think that I kind of go back to the biblical narrative, which is where I kind of was raised. I was raised in a Christian home and that was, it was evangelical Christian, even at that. So there was a lot of end time stuff being, you know, driven, but I, I kind of went back to Genesis and started looking at that after looking at some Sumerian stuff and, and figuring out, okay, so this isn't a unique story. This is, this is the story. This is how human beings probably came into existence was through genetic manipulation of our DNA somehow by something you know, whether it is God or the Elohim or gods or the Anunnaki, um, it's probably the same forces that are behind this. And this is another genetic manipulation, another genetic kind of, I don't know, human 2.0 type thing. So I think that that is, you know, and the metaverse is, is probably where they want us geared towards and, and something like that, where we are just I guess nodes in some kind of a simulation, like you you mentioned the matrix and that's more of a documentary at this point than science fiction. That's kind of what I think. I mean, I think that that's what, uh, what may be behind. I don't, I don't necessarily mean from a Christian perspective per se, but I mean, those stories are told throughout, you know, different cultures, um, that, you know, this is how the creation happened. And, they say garden, but the garden, the word is translated as enclosure. I mean, that's okay. So that's more of a <laughs> yes. a scientific kind of thing when you start peeling the story back and looking at, at what they're actually saying. It seems more of a an experiment and a continuing experiment that we're all still in, you know, all this time later. 
Yes. And the thing is, once you start to see that one thing is off, this is kind of like the universe or God giving you eyes to see. Once you see that something isn't right and you can't get the answers, at least answers that satisfy, the answers that are actually feel like they're answers, because there's a lot of gaslighting our whole lives. I mean, that term is new, but it certainly qualifies when I look back at everything I was taught. And you mentioned something very significant in the intro was, was Waco. Waco for me was a big deal as well. And I think it was for everyone. And I remember being a little kid as well and that being on the TV and that was on everything. It was the story. And we Uh were watching the siege happen and they were just this narrative of painting them as absolutely cultish and scary it's obvious now looking at it, but I was just like, what are these people doing? And listening to some of the elders talk about, I was in living rooms listening to elders say some, I had, I had divergent people in my life, but some of them were just all for taking care of it because it's a cult, because Jim Jones, because Paul Pot, because Hitler, because, you know, these people that can gain power over other people. And so they were just basically cheering it on. And then I had another set of adults saying, no, wait a minute, this is, this is America and you should have the right to live these lifestyles you want. These people aren't hurting anyone. And so mm-hmm. I had this kind of cross narrative going on that was alarming to me as a kid, but it was enough of a glitch in the story that I wasn't just overrun by the narrative that was being pumped out from the system. And it is a system. And that oh, was, yeah. that was like one of those it, very significant roadblocks uh, for me as far as moving forward into my life now? Like, am I going to now just, am I going to buy that narrative or is there enough that I should question here to question it? And Mm -hmm. I think that for a lot of us in our generation, Gen X was a generation that was kind of reveling against everything. Ironically, a lot of our gen has (laughs) pulled right up to this narrative. So, you know, like I said, you can't go see Rage Against the Machine unless you're fully fat. Right. I mean, well, how out, ironic is that? They're pushing the vaccine now, aren't they? <laughs> yes, all these old school rebels are just out there <laughs> telling it. And these are the things that, what the nature of synchronicity is, the nature of God, however you want to pull this into your being, is telling us there's something going on here and you need to pay attention. This is not business as usual. And that's the whole thing that is important here ultimately is find the things that don't seem right and look into them. And this is one of the things I like about what you're doing. So when let's talk about this for a minute. So when the Travis Scott stuff was going down and a lot of people wanted to push forward with that, that crowd surfer is demon. I kept hearing it. I kept hearing. Now there's so much going on with that narrative. And the big thing for me in the narrative was frequency and 5g motes and, and all this other stuff. And we could get into the signaling of all this stuff that really good people have broke down already. The, the, the callback to Hieronymus Bosch and all this stuff. But one thing everyone was really trying to jump on was that demon going into the into the masses and then, you know, the I can't breathe thing. And when you brought that forward, and I just don't think it got enough airtime because people are still talking about that. And it's so clear your breakdown on it. How did you come about that? What what was your impetus to hone in on that? Well, I um I guess I have a, a fascination with that kind of thing, you know, demons and the, the un, unseen realms. I mean, that's always been a fascination for me. So I saw the videos like everyone else, and I kind of, you know, wanted to know more. But I, I'm like, well, you know, I, I have this preconceived notion, okay? So I have this preconceived kind of, you know, here's what I would like to find, you know, and it 
I, I want to make sure it's right, though. I want to make sure it's true. So I just kept looking at videos. I kept finding more videos from different angles, and I hear the same song, and I see this guy jump backwards into the crowd. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I put the two together, same song, same everything, and, and it you know it just clicked. It's like, okay, well, here is this one. Um, this one's you know answered. We, we know what this is now. And, you know, it caused a bit of a stir. The first video I did got a lot of people triggered in the comments. It probably had more views than a lot of the videos I do. But it was, you know, it was just me looking at videos and saying, okay, what is this? And then continuing to look at other videos, trying to find answers to it and coming across this other angle. And it was somebody standing right below where this guy was. And clearly it is him jumping backwards into the crowd. And if you look at the other video again, next to it, 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 you can see it. I mean, it's like, okay, so that that's explained in my mind. I think that pretty much puts that one to rest. I loved it. I pushed it. I, uh, and, and in the face of everyone that still wants to glom onto that, I, I'm, I'm constantly reverting back to that because this is this is the kind of critical analysis we need. People want there are demons. I believe in them and I believe in a lot of this hellish night scare night scare <laughs> night <laughs> night scare I'm going to go with that night scare yeah. landscape that we have. I'm not in opposition to that at all. I'm a hundred percent with that, but we must scrutinize some of this stuff and especially us in the alternative genre that are trying to get at real truths here. And that one absolutely for me, a hundred percent was like, this is it. And this was great work. And I encountered pushback when I shared that with some people. And, and so I had to question, I'm like, so why do you want to see that as something that it's actually not when we can see here that this is clearly a person jumping backwards. You can, it is, you laid it out perfectly and they still wanted to buy that when there's enough horrific stuff going on in that narrative right there, that that actually becomes, that's what cheapens it all. That literally cheapens it all. And then a lot of these other shows just went and ran with it. And I'm still waiting on people to bring forward what you put together. And I, I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not, not, it's amazing to me. And this gets back to what we were talking about earlier with entrainment, people that are now open to seeing stuff. So especially newly awakened eyes to the world around them are so, immersed in the world is not the way they thought it was that they are vulnerable and in that vulnerability want to buy into stuff that is actually part of a psyop and that i think is a dangerous thing because then when they realize that they buy into it they realize it and then they realize they were fooled or duped by that by themselves by their own eyes, uh, then they become resistant towards seeing the world as it is. And this is a dangerous crux with that Travis Scott stuff. There is enough there. It's all laid out and it's plain and it is clearly, I mean, we could easily call that a whole demonic situation. And, uh, I am definitely, definitely seeing the world as filled with these entities that people may call demons and they are jumping into human portals. So what I mean by that is vices that we may have, or um, when we get into a state of fear or panic, these are portals within us. And what's going on is they are taking possession of our holy vessels, our, our temples that we navigate the landscape with, our bodies. And this is just another way to create a fractured psyche to gain entrance. And this is something that I think people lose sight of. And doing good journalistic investigation with an open eye, but also understanding that the narrative is dark. 
This is not the time for the new age fluff fluff. This is a dark narrative. And these are the times that we came on board, I believe, Randy, to be here for this. Whatever our role is, the stand is now. Do you feel like this is like that time? 100%. Yeah, I I totally do. And you said something just a, a minute ago. And I wanted to kind of touch back on that. And it's when people are fresh, newly awakened, you know, kind of figuring out, hey, there's something wrong here. There's something not right. And something like this comes out. Yeah, this this whole Astro World Fest is riddled with ritual. I mean, it's it's a ritual from top to bottom without it, without a doubt. But they would love people to go down that that rabbit trail that's wrong. So they can kind of co-opt them back in like, yeah, so what you thought was so wrong is not so, you know, it's a good way to get those those people back into into their pods, into their sleep, kind of get them back to get them back to bed, if you will, you know, kind of close, close the critical thinking down a little bit. And I think that's the danger there with something like that. If you uh, see something like that and you just kind of run with it, no matter what, in the face of whatever that's the, I think that's, that works to the handlers benefit greatly because then you're, you're kind of off onto the wrong path. They've, they've nudged you onto the wrong trail. Absolutely. And that's, that's what's dangerous. And this is the analogy I always use with the turtles, the sea turtles being hatched. You know, they're very, it's a very precarious thing getting to those tidal waters. And that's just one stage that predators are all around waiting to feast. And so, this is about good custodianship, good stewardship with people that are starting to go, wait, something's wrong here. Why is this being so forced on us? What Can we have answers here? What is this kind of ritualistic symbolism? The, uh, the Olympics in 2012, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many things that when people start to see that it can be overwhelming and the fear itself creates a whole set of motion that most people aren't aware of. And that's that whole sea turtle thing. The predators are here to pick you off when you all of a sudden realize, wait, something's wrong. Rosemary's baby. This is not a dream. This is really happening. Well, what happened? She has a little more, you know, they put her under again and Rosemary's seeing what's happening, but she's convinced by the people around her that are creating a narrative around her that what she's seeing and what she's experiencing is not real despite her gut intuition and despite the things she's actually piecing together. I want to thank you, Randy, for coming here and having a chat with me. We're going to carry this chat on in private and people can find the rest of this on the Cosmic Salon where we do a lot of stuff every week uh, that is never going to make the public. We value privacy and we're not here. I don't care about the trolls. I don't care about people validating anything. We need to validate for ourselves. But with that said... How do people find your content in the world? Thanks for having me on. First of all, I really appreciate it. And yeah, you can find my work at 100thmonkeyproject.com. That is the website. Um, And mainly on YouTube is where a lot of stuff goes still. Uh, But I have an odyssey as well. Uh, If you just get on and search for 100th Monkey Project, uh, it will come up and... uh, same with on Odyssey, which is where I'm I'm leaning towards now. I'm starting to put more and more content there because it just gets censored right off of YouTube. And, you know, that's another thing that I guess is another prong of this attack is that they have to stifle people talking about these things. So, uh, yeah, that's where they can find, uh, find my work. I archive everything on the website. You can find it on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, all of the podcast apps have it. So yeah. it is out there. And we will have it in the show notes. I am proud of you for doing the work you're doing. This is definitely dangerous territory these days for us, uh, for us looking at the world. And definitely we can see that by how much silencing is going on in the community. So I look forward to seeing you on the back end. And thank you for being here in the Cosmic Salon. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. goes randy from the hundredth monkey project i highly suggest you get in on that and check it out he does amazing work 
Good work over there, Randy. I'd like to thank the producers of this show, Cass, Christy Tesmer, Eric Peterson, Jason Lamson, J.H. Armstrong, Louise B., Marcy Shapiro, Melanie Poe, Michael Wachter, Neil McNaughton, Noel Jeanette, Santa Rebecca, Still Fiona, and Babs the Bone Knitter. So I would like to also, as we wind this first hour up, remind everyone that there's a lot going on behind the curtain at the Cosmic Salon. We do stuff every week there, uh, sometimes more, but we are trying to keep a certain amount of privacy with some of the conversations and, and some of the things we do are called Boots on the Ground, where we talk to real people all over the world and that we know, trying to understand what changes are going on in their world, what are they seeing with their own eyes and experiencing. And part of the beauty of this is understanding that there's a lot of PSYOP going on with stuff being presented on the internet and the alternate media, of course, in the mainstream media. And it's a way to touch base with real people everywhere and watch how things are transforming. And in some places, there's no change, really, very little. In other places, there are dramatic changes. And I think it's an important thing to keep our finger on the pulse. That's one aspect, one thing we do there. We have a community board. I also do a little radio show. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that goes on back there. So it may sometimes seem like I'm not posting out here in the front much, but we're doing stuff every week. And if you like what we're doing out here, I think you'll like what we're doing in there. So with that, one of the things that is always a key here for me and for others walking this journey is lucidity, being lucid in your life, not just in your dreams. Remember, this is your dream of life. And the more we're lucid, the more power we have, the more empowered we are and can feel, the less out of control things are. This is the time of your life. This is the time to look around and start seeing what's going on with your lucid eyes. Why are things going on? Who are doing these things? What are other people experiencing? The dreamer loves the dream. The dreamer feeds the dream. The dreamer is the dream. Thank you for being with me here in the Cosmic Salon.